Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program, TLC Live, with my partner in crime, Andrea Gomez. I'm back. Yeah, we know. <laughs> and speaking of crime, um, this editorial comment, uh, you know, Harris County Commissioner's Court screwed up the entire criminal justice system in Harris County. Everybody that's watched the news or read the newspaper knows that 157 innocent taxpayers have been killed at the hands of violent criminals released by the Harris County criminal judges, state district criminal judges with low or no bond. And so this was created because the commissioner's court agreed to a settlement in a federal case that they didn't have to. They went far beyond uh, the elements of the case. And so now it's been reported by the partners of the far left, which is the liberal media. Uh, last night, the you know, ABC 13, KPRC, were all saying that the commissioner's court now is going to make sure that the bail bondsmen don't offer 1%, 2% uh, yeah. on bail bonds. They, they were saying 10%. What? Well, first of all, the, the, and then they were talking about how Mayor Turner got involved in it. First of all, the city of Houston cannot regulate the bail bond industry. Number two, neither can the commissioner's court. The state of Texas, through the occupation code, uh, regulates the bail bond industry. And Harris County is a bail bond board county, meaning that the bail bond board regulates the bail bondsmen in Harris County. And so <clears throat> what Adrian Garcia proposed is essentially the equivalent of you soiling your bed and then putting the uh, dust cover on top of the bed to how, hide the soiled sheets. Yeah. In other words, trying to make the mess that you've made look pretty. Well, first of all, the smell is there, the sheets are soiled, and this isn't going to resolve anything. And so, you know, the commissioner's court needs to quit playing politics with the lives of Harris County innocent citizens and get back to the schedule and allow the judges and make sure that the judges impose a bond and that the criminal defendants that are accused of a crime when they go to a hearing that their background is reviewed. It just irritates me that when a peace officer or a citizen is killed, both Lena Hidalgo and Mayor Sylvester Turner blame guns. Well, first of all, if Harris County was reviewing the criminal background of the people that are charged with crimes, they would realize that burglary of a motor vehicle, most of the time what's taken out are legal guns out of citizens' cars. And those people are creating a black market for the guns. Those guns are being used in the crimes. That's a black market gun. It's sold by criminals among criminals. And so as long as the judges keep turning these people out on personal recognizance or $1 bonds, they're going to continue to burglarize vehicles, steal guns, sell them to their buddies who go commit murders. I mean, why can't they understand that? So we have to impose bond, we have to increase the bond for violent criminals that appear before state district court judges and make sure that we review the criminal background of those charged with burglary of a motor vehicle. That would help. Simply taking the bedspread and putting it over the soiled bed sheets are, is not going to help the situation. So that's my comment this morning. Andrea, welcome to the program. <laughs> Thank you so much and welcome to Houston too. <laughs>
<laughs> well, you know what, Orlando, I was reading the comments on social media um, uh, about that because Judge Lina Hidalgo was posting that. And many people was confusing. You know, many people don't understand that uh, the Harris County judge is not the judge. Right. It's not. I know, I know. It's the administrator of the county. Yeah. Well, she's not even an administrator of the county. She simply chairs the commissioner's court. She's one of, of five votes on the commissioner's court. I mean, she has no power. And I explained this the other day. Because people don't understand People that. don't understand. And, and, and no, that's not what's sad. What's sad is that the media doesn't know the questions to ask when Adrian Garcia proposes a resolution to, in hopes of getting the bail bond board to tell the bail bondsman what to do. Only the state of Texas can do that or the bail bond board. But the, there's, a, there's, there's an agreed upon, and it's complicated. If a bail bond is written by a surety in the state of Texas, only the insurance commissioner can regulate that. Not Harris County, not the city of Houston. Because nobody. the media doesn't know their exactly. homework. They don't, they don't, they don't do, do their homework. So they don't and they just go by whatever she says. They don't ask questions, and then they yeah. just report. Mm -hmm. what the commissioners are putting out there, which again is just a nice bedspread covering up the soiled sheets. It's not going to work. And so that's why we're here to tell you what's going on in the criminal justice system. It's all smoke and mirrors trying to cover up the, the defecation, the mess that they've made in Harris County by agreeing to this settlement that they never had to agree to. You can fix this whole problem with crime in Harris County by reverting back to the way we used to do it. I was on the bail bond board in Harris County for 12 years. Our crime rate was under control. I mean, it's not rocket science. I've written numerous uh, op-eds to the Chronicle. Of course, they don't publish them because, you know, who knows why. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and it just irritates me, so I thought I'd bring that up. Now, we have, as you know, we're very active in encouraging Hispanics to vote and to vote in the primaries and to vote for our conservative candidates. And as I mentioned before, and by the way, I had the opportunity to meet the vice chair of the Republican Party of Texas. When? Cat Parks, about a week ago. Uh -huh. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome lady. And I uh, hope to have her on the program one day. Yeah. But anyway, you know, we are trying to promote our Hispanic candidates. We have a record number of Hispanic and candidates. And we have uh, an early voting. It's around the corner. It's going to start next Monday, Valentine's. Uh, so we're going to fall in love with our county choosing the right people. We're going to fall in love with voting. Exactly. And, then the, and couples and, are going to go vote and, on Valentine's and that's what Day. I, and that's what I mean. We need to fall in love with our county, with our city, and with our country, and we need to go and vote. That's what we need to fall in love with this amazing country and the, and the city and the county that we're living in. And that's why we need to go and vote on Valentine's. That's February 14 is when I start early voting till the 25th, and then the elections on the primary is March first and early voting is the best way to get this done because you can vote at any location you don't have to vote in a particular precinct i don't even know if they do that now but anyway early voting is the most convenient way to vote you have several days that you can pop in anywhere and vote and so we are asking that conservatives latinos support our conservative latinos that are running on the republican primary you've got to vote in the republican primary 
I know many of you historically have said that your, you know, your grandfather was a Democrat and your mom and dad were Democrats, but let me tell you, the Democratic Party has changed, has changed dramatically. It's left you and it's left your values. Right. So there's only one place to go. And that's why we're inviting you to vote in the Republican primaries wherever you live in the state of Texas, beginning Monday, February 14th. And Andrea and I were featured in a little spot, better known as a commercial, inviting folks to vote. So we're going to share that with you if Mark will load the video. Harris County's out of control, but you know that we have always voted conservative for a long time. Well, of course, with the Democrats in power, taxes and crime are out of control. And that's why I'm running for Harris County judge. And that's the reason we got to get involved. we got to go out there and vote in a Republican primary. Hola, I'm Orlando Sanchez. We have a record number of conservative Hispanics trying to win the Republican nomination. Please support our Latino candidates by voting in the Republican primary beginning February 14th. And there you have it. The most expensive part of that commercial was our talent seated, seated right here. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's the stuff we're doing for you guys. And then one final note, because I don't want to bring this up at the end of the show. Uh, you know, we have Tough Tejano in Bear County in San Antonio mm -hmm. at the Mays Center April 5th. April 5th. It's a luncheon. And we're going to honor our Tough Tejano this year. And then our trailblazer in San Antonio, we used to get some comments that, why do you always do the Tough Tejano in Houston? Let's move it around the state. So we decided to take it right to where AOC and the Castro brothers are going to be hanging out, right into San Antonio. Former Congressman Henry Bonilla, who mm -hmm. served, I think, from 1993 to like 2007, is going to be our MC. He's also co-chair of the uh, He's amazing. Uh, of the program. Yes, he is amazing. He's a former news anchor, a news of reporter course. in San Antonio for the CBS affiliate in San and Antonio. And he was part of Univision, too. He was part of Univision. So well, uh, Univision back, back in, in the days when they were a news agency. When it was really news. Uh, so... But the exciting thing is that I think that we have a fabulous lunch that day. And one of our guests is most likely, has it been confirmed because we sent in the deposit, Chingo Bling. Is confirmed. So Chingo Bling uh, is going to be uh, at the luncheon. So that's a reason for you to buy your ticket. You go to our website. I think we have tuftejano.com. Yes. And no, if not, uh, it, what we Texas did. Texas Latino Conservatives. Well, but we also yes. bought the domain tuftejano.com. Okay, well, great. But if you can't find it there, just go to Texas Latino Conservatives and click on Tuftejano. And um, make sure you stay up on that and uh, purchase your ticket. So we have a busy morning. We have a couple of candidates that we'd like to highlight. So let's begin with Mike. You want to introduce Mike? Yes, we have uh, Mike Monreal, Republican candidate for Texas House District 31. And he is with us. And, you know, we're being in contact with uh, uh, people in his campaign. And we want to um, highlight the fact that he's running for office, the fact that why he's running for office, what is his background, and what he wants to serve to his community. So, Mike, welcome to TLC. Bienvenido. Gracias. Thank you. It's so exciting to be here, and I'm so uh, excited that uh, Texas Latino Conservatives is is doing this. And uh, I'm right outside of San Antonio, so, uh, wow, I'm looking forward to going to the uh, the tough uh, conference there and <laughs> that sounds like fun oh yeah you need to go so, yeah tell us about your district what is your district covering in texas 
so uh, my district uh, is 31, and I'm running for Texas House uh, Representative. And uh, it's a newly formed district. Uh, we uh, are 11 counties, and we go from right outside San Antonio and Wilson and Carnes uh, and Live Oak County, and we go all the way to uh, the border uh, between Webb and Hidalgo counties. Those two counties that are in the district are Zapata and uh, Star County. Uh, so it's it's a, a, a quite uh, quite a district. It takes about uh, three and a half hours to get across. So uh, it's it's a it's a good sized district. Mike, I understand you are a Navy veteran. You were a captain in the Navy, so thank you for your service. I'm just going to tell you that as an Air Force guy, I always say that the Navy should not be allowed to fly taxpayers' aircrafts. But be that as it may, thank you for your service. <laughs> yes, sir. It, it's it's been my honor uh, serving. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing. I love my country. I love my state. I love my community, and that's uh, really why I'm running. Uh, for office, you know, it's because of, uh, of that patriotism uh, that I feel, and and I feel a need for a change. Uh, you need, we need strong, conservative, steadfast leadership there in Austin in the House. And uh, honestly, right now, I don't see that in the current legislature. And uh, you know, as as evidenced by the last session, uh, that really only addressed a few of the top uh, conservative platform priorities. Uh, and that's why I think we need some some change in leadership. You know, Mike, one of the things that I always hear, because, you know, I, I started my political career kind of like you back in 1992. I was the Republican nominee for Texas House District 132 in southwest Houston. Uh, and I always heard the complaint from Latinos that, well, the Republican Party is this and the Republican Party is that, which, first of all, is not true. We are conservatives. But you know, it's the media has spread so much disinformation about the Republican Party that a lot of Latinos bought it. And now I say to people, and I'm excited because I'm seeing this finally, if you don't like what you see, but yet you're a conservative Latino, get involved. Go vote in the primary. That's right. Go support your candidate. That's run right. for office. Run for city council. Run for the Senate. Run for the Texas House. Run for ag commissioner, whatever, but get involved. Because doing the same thing that you've always done which is vote Democrat, vote liberal, and you know they're leaving you, then the best way to affect change is to vote and to get involved, even at the precinct level, become a precinct chair so you can be part of the executive committee, so you can help craft the platform that mostly suits your community and your values. Am I right or wrong? No, you're spot on, Orlando. And, and you know, my family has the same story that you all just talked about. You know, my, my parents, my grandparents, all, all my my cousins and aunts and uncles, everybody voted Democrat. But when we really look at your values and compare that to what you truly believe in, you're going to find out that you're a conservative and that really that aligns with the Republican Party. And so it was a no brainer for me early on. In, in my career, and so I started voting Republican a long time ago because I recognized those values are my own. And, and I'll tell you, uh, I, and I don't want to hog all the time, and I'm going to give Andrea, but there was a time, I understand this, there was a time uh, when, when there were Democrats that were conservative, but, but you know, on policy issues. Uh, for example, I was a, one of my dear friends in the state of Texas was former Governor Mark White. I mean, you know, he went to Baylor, he's Baptist, he's conservative, you know, and he loved, he was a fighter for education, for every child a good, a good education. And remember, he, he created what was called No Pass, No Play. 
In other words, he wanted children to get an education, not spend all day on the football field or on the baseball diamond or, right. you know, playing sports. Uh, we can all agree on that. I mean, th there's no controversy in seeking a good education for every child in Texas. But those values that the Democrats once held have been abandoned a long time ago. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. And, and I think, um, you know, that we need to continue to advance the conservative priorities. Um, and, you know, what we see in the nation right now, uh, it, it, you know, the Democrats have, have really, <laughs> yeah, I guess for lack of a better word, lost their minds on where we're going, You're completely going to a socialistic society. Um, and that's not what we're about. That's not what America is about. Um, so we, we, need to, we need to fight that. It's absolutely, absolutely out of control. But Mike, tell us a little bit of your background besides the Navy. Well, uh, I am uh, from uh, this area here outside of San Antonio. Uh, come from a r rural background, uh, families uh, around, uh, in and around San Antonio. Uh, I went to Texas A&M uh, for my undergraduate in civil engineering and uh, my master's in civil engineering. Started off my career as a Marine Corps officer. Uh, my wife and I, Stephanie, we've been married for 32 years. I've got uh, four adult daughters and three sons-in-laws uh, that I love. Yes, I do. Very much family-oriented and three grandsons. So uh, love our familia, love uh, love what we do. And, and uh, really, it's for them that I want to uh, run for office. It's for our future generations so that we, we protect our Constitution, we protect our rights, and protect ourselves as Texans. I love when you say the future generations because that's what is, is worrying me the most. I'm from Colombia and I came to this country in 1997 and I have my kids here. here. <clears throat> I'm raising uh, twins, they're 16 years old, they're teenagers, and I am scared, afraid the the way and the the that is going this country. And I was, you know, in Latin America, we have the socialists everywhere. Colombia now is in the limbo. They're of, everywhere here too. Yeah, well, Colombia is in the limbo, and, 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 and we flee our countries, you know, leaving that. We run away from that, and seeing what is going on in this country is very scary. Yeah, and Andre, Andre, your uh, testimony is really strong, you know, and I've met several folks in, in the campaign trail who fled, uh, their parents fled from Cuba, uh, or, or even Venezuela, as recently as Venezuela. Um, understanding that we cannot go down the same road that those countries have gone down or else we're going to find ourselves losing the very freedom that we love and have to, after serving 28 years in the in the Navy and the Marine Corps and and swearing to protect the Constitution of the United States um, I'm not going to stop doing that I want to make sure that future generations of Texans are able to experience the same freedoms and constitutional rights that we have so back to the district, uh, Mike. Um, so I'm assuming you are sort of southern San Antonio, uh, butting up a little bit towards uh, John Lujan's district, and then kind of going southeast. Yeah, that's correct. So, so we're actually butting up against San Antonio and Wilson County and uh, Carnes County, and then we go south and east uh, all the way to the border. That's right. They're really, almost along the I-37 corridor. Do you have any part of uh, Bear County in your district? No, no, okay. it's completely okay. uh, cut out. So we do not have Bear County in there, but it does adjoin to it. So, so mostly a rural district. Yes, sir. Okay.
Yes, sir. So, so, so oil and gas are very important. Agriculture and small businesses are very, very important to this district. Right. And, and so, you know, because people don't understand, there's always a vast difference between the urbans, even suburban and exurban areas versus the rural areas of Texas. You know, I've always said it's a lot easier, in my opinion, uh, to campaign in um, tight and compact districts like Harris County or Bear County. But you guys out in the rural area, boy, you better put uh, you better get dual tanks on that pickup truck or you better get a little Toyota Corolla because you've got a long drive every day. We, we do. We we uh, we cover a lot of ground and uh, fortunately, technology helps us. But, you know, there's nothing better than uh, a handshake and a face to face interaction right. with the voters. Um, it's it's just so much more effective and uh helps me to understand what what the voters and what our our citizens really want um and it's and it's a heavily uh hispanic uh district as well i mean as you can imagine so um i'm just excited to see so many hispanics that are out there and i've even seen along the border star county zapata um we're seeing more and more republican hispanic candidates uh that are coming out uh, in areas where you didn't see that before. So it's really, really exciting to see. Well, like our commercial says, we do have a record number of Latinos seeking Republican nominations on the 254 counties in Texas. We've never seen this before. No, no, no. This is what is going on is really, is really excited what is going on with the Latinos. Um, how do you see in your district, not only uh, running for office, but the enthusiasm of the Latino to go and vote? And what are you guys are doing to encourage them to vote in the primaries? Because we always have this discussion with Orlando that, you know, historical, we don't have a, a, a good number of Latinos going to participate in the primaries. Well, we are, uh, first of all, motivating them to continue to shift to the Republican Party. So that's really what we're trying to do. Uh, and we have published both in English and in Spanish a comparison of values. So when we talk about, you know, being pro-life, when we talk about pro-family, when we talk about a uh, Second Amendment, when we talk about, uh, you know, pro-business and work, um, those things resonate with the Hispanic population and with our families. And so when we compare and contrast what the Democrats are doing and what we are doing, we've laid that out in these nice postcards and we're going door to door uh, as far as our campaign. And we're communicating that to a lot of the local voters and really trying to impress upon them that, hey, starting March 1st or actually early voting February 14th, um, this is a chance for us to really make those selections, to really uh, chart the course of where the Republican Party is going to go and their vote counts. Well, you know, it's interesting. And I have a question for you. There's a gentleman that's run for office several times. I think he ran for U.S. Senate and lost. Um, and uh, he's uh, he's now seeking uh, uh, to challenge uh, Greg Abbott in the general mm. election. Uh, his name, he's from El Paso County. His name is Robert Francis O'Rourke. Uh, and he made a statement uh, when he was asked about uh, seizing uh, Texans' guns. He says, hell yes, we're coming after your guns. Now, you live in an area, because I know South Texas, love to hunt. 
Uh, not only do we use our firearms to control the uh, the hog population that's you know ruining Texas agriculture, uh, but we also love to harvest venison in in the state of Texas. Now, how is Robert Francis's position that hell yes he's going to take our guns, working out for uh, Hispanics that love hunting in in your district? Yeah, it it does not resonate. I mean, even a significant portion of the Democrat population are like, no way. I mean, we it's a part of our lives here. Like you said, it's hunting, it's sport, it's self-protection. You know, it's it's all of that that you need in the rural communities. Uh, and in the rural communities, it's it's not a big deal, right? It, it's a, it's just a part of our lifestyle. So. For him to say that it's okay. Well, let's let's put, let's fly the flag. Come and take it. Uh, Gonzalez is right down the road. We've done this before uh, <laughs> when Mexico tried to take the weapons from the Texans, uh, and you know how that turned out. Yep, I sure do. But you know, it's interesting because the very idea th- this is so out of touch uh, that 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 they are the the, the 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 candidates running on the on the Democratic side. Robert Francis O'Rourke knows damn good and well the situation that most Texans face along the border unless he hasn't been to El Paso lately. I live along the border, and I can tell you that I don't walk the, the ranches down in South Texas alone without my sidearm. Why? Because the Biden administration has failed to enforce border security, mm-hmm. so we have drug cartels crossing the ranches, and what am I supposed to do, be stripped of my firearm? To protect myself when I confront a cartel member or human smuggler? Because they Absolutely are going after our hell guns, no. but not after their guns. Yeah, exactly. That's not going to happen. So let me keep my sidearm, my firearm, down in South Texas, where the federal government is failing to protect me and my property and my fellow mm-hmm. citizens. And Robert Francis O'Rourke wants to disarm me? Are you kidding me? No, you're, you're right. That is the number one... Uh, you know, as I've caught, come across the border, uh, the number one thing that people have talked to me about is securing the border. Mike, we've got to secure the border. Everybody says it, Democrat, Republican alike, no le hace. So we've got to secure the border. And you're right. You said it earlier in the show is, hey, the only ones who are impacted by the supposed gun control laws would be the law-abiding citizens. The criminals element, they're still going to have uh, the guns. And so all you've done is really uh, harm and uh, decrease the safety of our Texan citizens. Yeah, because how are government agents going to know, right? They're going to know because we, law-abiding citizens, we register our guns, one, we provide a driver's license when we buy them, at, whether it's Walmart or, uh, you know, Academy or whether it's a sporting goods store. Uh, then uh, we seek a, a license from the state of Texas through the Department of Public Safety for a license. We don't have to do that now because we have constitutional carry. So they know where the law-abiding citizens keep their guns. Who's not going to turn in their guns when Robert Francis O'Rourke comes to take them? The criminals, because they don't know where they are. Exactly. They don't know where they hide them. Yeah. You're right? Uh, exactly. Actually, exactly. it seems like they're protecting <coughs> the criminals. Right, right. You're giving them yeah, the upper hand. For real. <laughs> Well, well that, uh, you're you're spot on, and and that's that's uh that's what we see, and and that's really what what's at the forefront here in South Texas. Well, Mike, uh, uh, 
before we go to our next um, uh, guest, please tell us a uh, uh, call to action, where we can find you or where the community can find you, how they can support you, and what is your main issues? Okay, yes. Um, you can visit me at uh, monrealfortexas.com uh, or on Facebook, uh, uh, Monreal for Texas House on Facebook as well. And I outline all my, uh, you know, information. And there you go. That's myself and the incumbent that I'm running against and a little bit about who I am. The number one things that I, I want to do are to secure the border. I want to legislate election integrity. I want to make sure that parents have rights in education and prohibit the teaching of critical race theory or any other kind of woke or reimagined curriculum. I want to make sure that we have favorable conditions for our small businesses, for our agricultural businesses, and our uh, oil and gas industry. Um, I want property tax relief, and I think we can do this. And um, we need to make sure that we have term limits. So I'm about term limits, and I want to make sure that we start pushing that. So that those are really the reasons why I need our district to go out and vote starting next week and send me to Austin so that I can fight for our, the people of our district, for our constitution, and for our conservative values. Thank you so much, Mike. Gracias. Mike, I want to thank you for taking the time to appear, but I also want to thank you for serving our state twice. Uh, you served our nation in the United States Navy, and then or originally, as you said, in the Marine Corps, six of one, half dozen of the other. But now you've stepped up to serve <laughs> your district. And uh, so you've, you've stepped up when, and I tell you guys, I am thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with the quality and the caliber of the candidates that are Latinos that are running to seek the Republican nomination. I mean, you know, a civil engineer with a master's, Navy captain, family man, yeah. successful marriage, what 31 years, family, loves yeah. his son-in-law, mm -hmm. you know, and he, by the way, he looks like a great Tejano in that red tie and his, <laughs> and his Stetson. So, hey, man, you fit the mold, Mike, let me tell you. So I'm really impressed with you. I'm, decided, I'm, I'm delighted. You know, we have a tough choice in that race. I'm, I'm going to tell you because there's a little kind of internal politics, but, uh, you know, it didn't stop you. Uh, you decided, uh, you know, I'm going to do this with Ghana's and you're doing it. And, and, and let me tell you something, Mike, I've been doing this for a long, long time. Again, I, I got to tell you in 1992, there weren't conservative Latinos running to seek the Republican nomination. And now I'm impressed that even in your district, there's a competition for the Republican primary. And uh, so I congratulate you for stepping up. This is sort of a dream come true of mine for decades that I've been wanting to see competition among conservative Hispanics in the Republican Party. And, man, I say, I'm really getting to see it, and it's exciting. I know, I know. Well, Mike, thank you so much. Muchas gracias, mucha suerte, y lo que necesites, TLC siempre va a estar contigo. Gracias, gracias. Que te vaya bien, mucho gusto conocerte. Gracias. Lo mismo, hasta luego. I'm from District 30 first to district 38 and from navy to the marine our next but they're guest, different districts yeah one's the house district and for the, the texas legislature correct and the other one is the city a, a congressional district. Co congressional that's district. right and that's why we're going to field covarrubias for texas congressional district number 38 and he is a marine also so i don't I, phil yeah. are you a marine as well 
Yes, sir. And so is my son. Look at you. Just just tell me you didn't fly taxpayers' airplanes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm a I'm a rank and file boots on the ground soldier. Well, welcome. Listen, I have a funny story to tell you guys. You know, Phil and I met, I guess, what, about a year and a half ago? Yeah, and, it's been uh, about a year. Uh, I took La Guerita. Uh, you know, I hope she's not watching. Shannon? I, I hope she's not watching the <laughs> La show. La Guerita Shannon? But I have, I have a new, I have, we have a new nickname for her. ¿Cuál es? Ma Pack. Oh, my God. <laughs> but anyway, I took our executive director, Shannon Verba, who's done, by the way, I don't ever mention her, but she is the glue of this organization. Oh, my gosh. She's she amazing. She has done an amazing... And, and her heart is very Latina. She's learning. She's learning. She's learning. She's so, learning. So, but anyway, I took Shannon to lunch one day to the heart of the East End, the second ward of Houston off of Navigation. And, you know, we're, we go to Doña Maria's, which is owned by a former Houston firefighter. Uh, John, if you've never gone to Doña Maria's on Navigation go by there. There's a lot of great Mexican restaurants there, all historic restaurants. Mm-hmm. Ninfas is there, and Roland uh, also has El Tiempo, and uh, there's uh, there's uh, Merida's, and then there's Doña Maria's. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no shortage of great Mexican food, and then there's uh, tamales and taquerias all the way down. But anyway, we're having lunch when Phil overhears, I guess, our conversation, me and Shannon, and we start talking and finding out that He's a former elected official, conservative, Republican from the state of Colorado. Wow. Is that right, Mike? I mean, Mike, is that right, Phil? <laughs> yes, sir, it is. That's a, That was so weird because when you came into the restaurant, I just knew there was something about this guy. I said, this guy's, and I told my wife, we were sitting there eating. I said, I just, he, you could just, the way he was talking with everybody and, uh, and uh, I, I had to at least say hi and, and introduce myself. And then I thought, you know, God works in such weird ways. And here we are a year later and I'm on your show and I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. But that was, uh, yeah, it was just by happenstance. That we it was had. meant to be. Yeah, it was. And it also highlights, Andrea, that not everybody moving out of California and Colorado and coming to Texas is liberal. I know. Uh, I, I mean, so. So we, yeah, we're getting the dividend in Texas that a lot of good, experienced conservative Republicans and and veterans of the United States Armed Forces are coming to Texas. Mm -hmm. And so, Phil? So, Phil, tell us uh, uh, your story, because it's very interesting what um, Orlando is saying, that you're coming from Colorado uh, and now here in Texas and you're running for office. And I don't know, I'm not sure when you... When you guys met a year and a half ago, you were thinking to run for office here in Texas. Well, uh, so my mother moved to Conroe, Texas, back in 1975 when my her and my dad got divorced. So I grew up, I've grown up down here, you know, summer times and all that. But I also grew up in Colorado and uh, and worked for the family business up there. Um, when I served in the legislature in 2017 and 2018 as a conservative uh, Republican, and we, we ran a very grassroots campaign because I'm a, I'm a foreman. I'm a pipe, pipeline guy. I work with linemen, construction, excavation. I work in the energy business, gas, oil, pipe. I do all of that stuff, tanker ships, everything. And um, <clears throat> my wife and I seen when COVID hit, We've seen what our governor did to the state of Colorado, and we've seen what Antifa and BLM did to our capital and to our city downtown. And 
a lot of the businesses that were destroyed were were minority-owned businesses. And uh, when you don't have to ask the Senate or the House to permission to do anything or at least to vote on things and the governor could just wave, wave his magic wand and shut you down, it was horrifying what we were witnessing. And the truth is my oldest son was getting ready to go into the Marine Corps. Uh, my younger boy's uh, 17 and growing up a little bit. My wife and I, we really escaped the communism and tyranny of Colorado. My, mm -hmm. my mother and my sister have been down here for decades. And so we thought, you know what? We see the writing on the wall. If we ever have a chance to fight for our freedom and save our country, it's going to be in the great state of Texas. And so we moved. We sold everything. We didn't know what we were going to do when we came down here. We got down here. We paid all our bills for a year. And then my wife got a job uh, a couple of months into it. She's She's got her master's of public policy. So she's my secret weapon in all of this. If it's not for my wife, I don't do this. She's taught me so much. But, um, and after a while, uh, I was trying to find work myself. You know, I got my class A CDL and all of that, but it was hard to find work. And um, I even went and I delivered Domino's pizzas for a while just to get something going as I you was trying to find You mean you didn't go work. on the government dole? <laughs> no. no. Uh, well, what happened was, this is strange because God is just so funny how it works, but I started doing DoorDash just to, you know, do something. Got to make some, get out there and hustle a bit. And then my my youngest boy works for Domino's and he says, Dad, our drivers make pretty good money. If you're not doing anything, shoot, you can make four or five hundred bucks. So I went over to the Domino's over here and sure enough, I, it was kind of strange from running multi-million dollar construction jobs, legislature, then to Domino's Pizza. But I thought, OK, God, whatever you want. And uh, the, but I have to tell you, it, it was a lot of fun and I did make good money. I, I put away some good cash. And then the weird thing is, is that uh, from Domino's, my manager, she's the one that got me my job that I have today working in the plants out on the tanker ships wow. because I told her I have a class A. So she goes, let me make a phone call. You know, so it's all just been so strange, but I've learned a lot about the energy business on a entirely different scale now um, being down here in Texas. It's incredible on a global scale. You know, and that highlights the fact that, you know, why, why I think the Democrats are so out of touch. Uh, we, we saw, uh, right, here's the problem. Sometimes when you make a mistake from a public policy perspective, you don't work to correct it. And, uh, you know, in the 50s and 60s, we had the Great Society, you know, where government was going to step in and help everybody. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I can see where you might want to come in and help urban poverty among the African-Americans, you know, and, and but that should have been a temporary program to lift communities. And what's happened is that those programs that were intended originally uh, uh, to, to lift African-Americans, because I got to, we all have to admit, African-Americans in this country have a very unique experience. You know, we talk about Latinos being discriminated against or Asians being discriminated against or gays being discriminated against, but none of us were slaves, you know. And so the African-American community does have that in, that tragedy in their history in common. And in the 60s, we tried to address that. We had created tremendous poverty in urban areas in America, and so we, you know, the Great Society came around. But 
they didn't bother to do a course correction, change it. Because what happened is that a lot of the urban dwellers became dependent on government. And the, the reason I'm bringing that up is the Latino community is different. And this is where the Democrats have made a mistake. They believe that we want to go the same route that urban poor went. We don't. When we don't have a job, we, we'll sell tacos and tamales. We, we become paleteros. We become drivers for for, 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 for for Domino's Pizza. Whatever it takes. But we do not go on the government dole. No, and this is why it. Democrats have misread the conservatives. They've misread us on the border. They misread us on the military. They misread us on our love and appreciation for our border patrol. They misread us on our love and appreciation for law enforcement in this country. And they continue to misread us economically. They misread our values as families, as Catholics, as conservatives. And so keep going. You know, this is what I say to people. I hope the federal government keeps the mask mandate on airlines through the election. Because, first of all, if you read the New York Times yesterday, they're starting to back off of all the liberal experimentation mm -hmm. that the CDC and the federal government and, and Fauci, off, you know, it, it's even California is now abandoning the mask. It's a and, joke. and four liberal states are abandoned because they know that Americans realize that the masks may have helped initially flatten the curve, but the masks don't work. The virus marches on. The vaccines didn't do what they said. You know, first they said, yeah, you get vaccinated, you're covered. Then we find out, well, we're not covered. Now there's variants, you know. And so the government's trying to convince us that they can outdo nature. We as conservatives are critical thinkers. We're smarter than that. We all know that the masks now aren't working. So the Demo it's funny to see Democrat states abandoning the, the mask yeah. mandate. But I hope they keep it going. It's because because it, exactly, <laughs> it's government trying to run our lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they've misread us on everything from from the mandatory vaccination cards, you know, that we have to prove to enter a restaurant or if you're in New York or California. Oh, yeah, you have joke. to prove everything. You know, come to Texas. We don't we don't ask for your vaccine card at a restaurant. You can just breathe come on here. In. You can breathe yeah, here. You breathe the air, <laughs> you know, just live your life, you know, just follow the penal code. That's all we ask. Um, and or don't violate the penal code. Uh, so, you know, this is the, the difference between liberty-loving state that honors the individual and our freedoms and New York and California that try to control how we live. And, and Phil ran away from that, and now he is here in Texas. So, Phil, tell us about your issues. Uh, tell us about uh, what do you want in your district, and, of course, that's going to help the whole state. So I'm running in CD38, which is the new district, and we have a lot of guys uh, uh, running in it. But it's the north, it's a little sliver of northwest Houston, and then it branches out to Tomball Spring and, and Jersey Village and Katy and out to there. So you have, uh, you know, a lot of different farmers and ranchers with uh, and all the way to, you know, the business people. Um, the main reason why I run is because I just ask for guidance and wisdom from God. And when it's placed on my heart so hard to run for office, even against all odds, I mean, my wife and I, we've done this several times. We we, we did our homework on who was running and what's going on with, uh, you know, with uh, you know, one of our main opponents who has the establishment behind him. And uh, we know how hard this is going to be. 
But um, if it wasn't for that, I mean, honestly, I had to work a lot of overtime to pay the $3,125 it cost just to file. But my wife and I just believe in our freedom. I just love my country so much. And my entire family on both sides, mom and dad, everybody's veterans. And the rank and file, we're not the 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 what the West Point people. We're just the we're the workers, but we're smart. And I think what happens is is I think Orlando hit on something very powerful. Mm -hmm. They misguide us because I work in the yeah. plants or because I have an apprenticeship, mm -hmm. does not make me uh, lesser. Because the fact of the matter is, is I think a lot of uh, people could not handle going through a a full line apprenticeship or a, a pipe fitter apprenticeship, and so. I really do encourage young people in school. I ran legislation for career and technical education because I seen the indoctrination our kids were going through. Yeah. And so what I thought to try to combat that is, I know that if a, if a person is paying their own bills and they have a car, and even a young person, you have your own apartment, you feel good about yourself. And when you finish a, a day's work, you feel good. The Democrats are trying to take that away, that feeling away from us yeah. and that camaraderie that you get when you're out. For me, when you're out on a crew and you and your boys go out there and you build and at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, man, that's that's good. And good, clean money. Dirty hands, clean money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Listen, uh, we got a lot of folks watching. Tatiana is uh, watching us. We don't know from where, but she says she's watching Jimmy Martinez. Uh, Paul James Jr., who was one of our Leadership Latino students, I think in San Antonio, down in Bear County, he's watching and he says, Orlando hitting the, hitting the nail on the head with a sledgehammer. So anyway, thanks for watching and commenting. Um, we appreciate you. Uh, if you're going to comment, just let us know where you're watching from. So, uh, so your district um, is, Phil, uh, rural and a sliver of urban. So that presents a challenge, right, in terms of issues. Uh, so how are you, give us, give, give the viewers a, comp a, a taste for what are some of the issues facing the urban area, suburban area where uh, Northwest Houston is, and then the rural areas, let's say out towards, I guess, the LaGrange area and the Columbus area, or maybe, I don't know how far north you go. Well, uh, out in the rural area, you know, uh, one of the issues that we've talked a lot about is water rights and protecting water rights and that sort of a thing. And I just want to make it easy as possible for our farmers and ranchers to take care of business the best we can, especially in the beef and cattle industry. It, uh, it's taken a beating uh, over the last couple of years. But um, and then, of course, the closer you get to the rule, the more crime you have. And it's all a domino effect from the border and uh, uh, after defunding the police and defanging the police uh, across the country. It's really hard for, you know, and then they want to get rid of the ICE altogether. Uh, they don't have a problem hiring 75,000 IRS agents, but they won't hire 75,000 border agents. But um, so and then economy and jobs, being in the energy business. I work side by side with my fellow Americans. Um, I got my TWIC card, I got my Class A CDL, my hazmat, my tanker. I go right in and and uh, and talk to and the, the people every day. It's just how it is for me. So this race is really gonna be all about really the rank and file American who's just sick and tired of politicians taking advantage of us once they get elected 
versus the elite establishment who have all the money, but uh, uh, maybe not as much character. So um, without our freedom, we have nothing. And they're trying to take it away from us and they're using COVID as a way to do it. And so we know we have all these issues of education and the border and all, all of it. And I'm here to fight for that to, to die on the hill for. All right. Without, Listen, um, quick, quick question, because uh, our friend Mr. James is asking for you to comment on the regulations impacting the CDL industry and its workers. Um, I love what the Canadian truckers are doing. We shouldn't have any mandates uh, for our truckers, especially because we work alone when we're out on the road. And um, I, I always want to make sure that our, our drivers out there are as safe as possible and have all the resources that they need because I do it for a living myself. A lot of times us CDR drivers, we take the brunt of the responsibility of things that happen on the highway and people drive crazy out there. And uh, we have to be twice as careful carrying a load of, you know, of, of chemicals or fuel or whatever it is. And uh, I just want them to be able to make their money and, and not have to have, not have to, you might get a 2% pay increase, but your your inflation is 7%. So let's get our guys on the road. Let's let them make their own choices and uh, and uh, stop trying to mandate things on, on anybody, quite frankly. Nothing, nothing like the free market, right, Phil? That's right, sir. Amen. Um, so also uh, somebody saying, Nita Surgeon, he said, I hope to see you feel at the vote actively uh, candidate for next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Can't translate that. What did you say? <laughs> you see, he doesn't understand Where me. are you? Which one? No, I, I plan okay. on being there. I hope to there. see you, Phil, at the vote actively. Okay, you have a forum, That's I guess it's I called Orlando. actively. <laughs> candidate forum next. I didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, sometimes see, I is, have to translate her English. This is the, this is class 101 in English. Fail. Lo pudiera haber dicho en español. No, but it was. Well, I anyway, Phil. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, and I'm going to let Andrea ask the last question because it's sort of her trademark question. So. Yes, my trademark. So that's uh, the call to action, Phil. Please tell us how we can help you and what is the main issues in your district that we need to support. So you can go to philcforcd38.com. Uh, my wife and I basically we've had a, we we have raised a few dollars, but we basically fund everything ourselves so far. But uh, we make good use of the money. So uh, any help we can get in volunteering out there as well. Uh, early voting starts Monday, so we have a lot of work to do in a short time. Visit me on Facebook, Twitter, and you'll see that I'm taking the fight to the establishment. I'm not afraid. Well, Phil, uh, also, regardless of the outcome, because, you know, I've been in winning campaigns and losing campaigns, and it's, of course, it's a lot more fun to be in the winning campaigns, but we have to face the reality. Win or lose, promise us that you will stay active in the conservative movement and reaching out to your fellow Latino and fellow Texans across the state of Texas. Absolutely. The Latino movement is on the rise like never before, and it's fun to be a part of it. So I'm here to fight for our freedom in any capacity. So uh, I'll support whoever we need to to 
to continue to fight for our freedom here in America and in the great state of Texas. And thank you guys so much for having me. I, I just appreciate it very much. Well, thank you. And no, just like I, you, and like I told Mike, thank you for stepping up twice. Once to defend our country in the Marine Corps, and number two, stepping up to run right. for state representative. And then number three, standing up and deciding to run for office in the state of Texas. So you have obviously a clear record of serving your country and your community, and for that, we salute you. We need to have uh, okay, them, both of them, or Phil, or uh, whoever wants to help us also in Latino leadership, you know, to, That's help, right. to help other Latinos to run right. for office. So thanks, guys. And just as a reminder, we will be in San Antonio, Texas, at the Mays Center for the Tough Tejano Awards Luncheon beginning at 11 or 11.30. 11. Go to 11 o'clock. Visit our webpage, TexasLatinoConservatives.com. To make sure that you can purchase your ticket when the event goes up, uh, we'll need your help and support. Remember that our featured entertainer is going to be Ching Chingo Bling from Chingo Houston, Bling. who mm -hmm. has about 1.5 million followers. He has quite a following. And uh, so he'll have some, some thoughts to share with uh, those attending the luncheon. It'll be fun. And then, of course, our MC will be our former congressman from Bear County, conservative Republican, former TV anchor Henry Bonilla. And so uh, we're, we're, we're getting our, our line of, um, of co-chairs. Uh, I also want to thank Charlie Amato, uh, one of uh, the very active business entrepreneurs in Bear Tanya. County, who has decided to step up you. and be with, uh, with us. And so it's going to be fun. <laughs> so visit us, TexasLatinoConservatives.com. Uh, and uh, join us in San Antonio. We're looking forward to going back to San Antonio. Uh, we want to remind you that early voting starts on Monday, February 14th till the 25th, and March 1st are the primaries elections. We need to go and vote. We need to participate. And as we've been saying in this program and every program, we need to love this country, this city, this county, and our state. Uh, I came from Colombia, you came from Cuba, and I love United States more than as much as I love my own country, but I live right now here. I'm raising my family here. I brought my parents from Colombia. Uh, I have pretty much the people that I love here and uh, seeking a better future. We need to do something, and how do we start doing that? Go and vote. Make your choice wise, and also start you know, talking to your own kids, talking to your parents, talking to your neighbors, to your friends about this. We cannot keep um, letting this country go out of control. And show us the love as well. As I say all the time, we are dependent on the generosity of Texans to keep Texas Latino Conservatives TLC on the air and active in the state of Texas. We've trained hundreds of young conservative Latinos across the state many of whom are now involved in conservative politics are either candidates, precinct chairs, press spokespersons uh, for campaigns. And so we are doing good work. But this good work is the result of the generosity of Texans. We don't want to put the entire burden on just a handful of Texans. So we're asking you, if you can make a donation of $2, $3, $5, $50, or $5,000, just go to our website. Get in touch with us. Our address is there if you want to mail a check or you can give us uh, a credit card donation, but it is expensive to keep this operation going. We do it because we believe in the state of Texas. We want to make sure that Texas continues to be read, that it continues to honor the Constitution, it continues to honor the family, it continues to honor good, solid education, 
uh, it continued to You'll have uh, values. Yeah, I mean for our values and and you know, we don't we we don't want to be told what to do by an overburdening government. That's it at the end of the day. So help us out, make a small contribution, get involved. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week and God bless you. Gracias por estar con nosotros y nos vemos el próximo miércoles.